if your main challenge isn't that there's too much on your to-do list, but rather that you get distracted or procrastinate or just aren't sure what to work on and then as a result stretch out your workday maybe, I hope that you're going to like listening in on this consult call with Teresa. My name is Jenna and this is Building Balance. You're in the right place if you're a business owner who wants to do all the things, but you're running out of time in your day. On this podcast, I share thoughts and ideas about how to be productive in a human-friendly way and build more balance between business and life, even if it's just you in your business. If all that sounds good to you, let's just jump right in. I'm so excited to share this consult call episode with you because I think that there were a good few solutions that we came up with with Teresa to address this struggle of staying focused or following through on deep creative work. As I was editing this episode, I could hear that I was feeling a bit awkward to start, like probably the first few minutes, right? Part of it was because I always just feel pressure when a consult call is being recorded for podcast purposes, but I know that a part of it was also that I thought I had an idea of how the conversation was going to go, and I was maybe a bit too attached to that. See, Teresa had shared with me when she signed up for her consult call that she didn't think she has too much to do, and that's why she thinks that not following through on tasks had to do with mindset, maybe her habits. So I went into the call thinking that I needed to do a lot of convincing that mindset isn't actually the problem for Teresa, but she actually needed pretty much zero convincing, and when that like sort of realization and relief sank in for me, I can hear that I settled into our conversation a lot better. And that was just such a good reminder for me to not be too attached to how I think a call with a client is going to go. But without further ado, here's my consult call with Teresa. Okay, I'm so excited to dive into things with you today, Teresa. But before we do that, before we dig into all the stuff that we want to talk about, can you quickly tell the listener who you are and what you do? Of course. I am so happy to be here and to soak up all your brilliance. <laughs> My name is Teresa Sullivan, and I'm a copywriter and the founder of Little Flame Creative. So I am a copywriter, and I do brand messaging strategy for creative and purposeful businesses. So uh, I'd count you as one. I would imagine many <laughs> of your clients are some of them, too. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit of the backstory. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. So I'll tell you just a little bit about what this call kind of structure is going to look like, and then we're just going to dive in. So first, I'm going to ask you, like, what is the reason? Like, why are we on this call? What do you want to talk about? And then then I'll probably ask you some background questions in case there's something I need for context, because sometimes we need to know, or I need to know some stuff from from what's going on in business in general to know kind of how to tweak my advice. And then we also usually, or like, we usually get into a lot of like, why is this challenge coming up in the first place? Like, what is kind of the source behind it? Because often what I've noticed is that 
when like my clients have an understanding of what's going on, that already like kind of melts away a lot of the self-judgment that comes from whatever's going on. And that already frees up so much brain space and energy. But also when we understand what's going on, it's easier to come up with some solutions that actually bring relief versus like just like trying to push through or having to like like make ourselves <laughs> do the things and think differently about it. So now I'm going to ask you, can you describe what is the challenge that you're running into? Sure. Well, all of what you just shared makes a lot of sense to me, especially the not pushing through or rushing through type of advice. I think, you know, so much of what's out there, especially around managing our time or managing ourselves does sometimes feel more about pushing through and that spoiler alert hasn't worked for me, Um, (laughs) which, you know, I think it's some of what we'll get into here, but yeah, I'd love to talk about not so much my to-do list, but I think how I am managing my time and my workflow. I think when I think about my days, it doesn't necessarily feel like there's too much on my list, but I get to the end of the day kind of feeling like, wait, where did the time go? And why didn't all of those things get done? So Mm -hmm. I think maybe kind of diving into some of those, uh, or maybe needing to ask some clarifying questions will be necessary. But that is often the feeling I'm left with. Not that I was too ambitious and put too many things on the list today, but Mm. I think I had enough time, but it didn't all happen. Why is that? Yeah. You're not the first person to tell me this today. (laughs) You mean I'm not special with my problems? (laughs) Oh, it's kind of hard because we want it to be special. And at the same time, it's like, oh, everybody does deals with this. Okay, cool. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I, I am certain that I'm definitely not the only person and obviously not the only entrepreneur who has that feeling about how they spend their time too. Mm. Okay, cool. Thanks for sharing. So, um, what would be like the number one outcome that you would want to experience after this call? Like what would be great if this was different? Oh, that's a great question. Sometimes I feel like I don't dream big enough when I answer questions <laughs> like this. So let me think for a moment. Um, sure. And also, like I want to say, it doesn't have to be really big either. Like it doesn't have to be like, I'd get everything done in an hour a day, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, I think what you just shared about understanding some of that why, so some of that like self-judgment or resistance can fall away, that sounds really good to me. Well, that we can do. (laughs) Perfect. I'm ready. (laughs) Uh, You had also mentioned uh, when you signed up for the call, you had said that you would like to feel more focused and efficient while you're working so that like you can still... Or rather that when you're not working, you can then feel like you have the space to rest and not worry so much about the business. Absolutely. And I think that's part of what I meant by feeling like everything I need to get done can get done within the day or within a more compact period of time. You know, my work days don't need to be 10 hours long. I feel like they just kind of expand sometimes and I'm not really sure why. So being able to change some of my habits or my workflow so that, you know, I could kind of have a more compact, focused, effective time of working. And that gives me more um, kind of freedom and wiggle room 
in the rest of my life to really rest and not be working. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like a good, good thing to aim for. Um, actually, I don't think I need too much background information otherwise, because this, it sounds like you have time for life stuff outside of business. It doesn't seem like you're really struggling with that sort of thing. It's just like making the work time be more effective. I think so. Yeah. I always <laughs> tell people I've never met a hobby that I didn't like. So <laughs> I always have plenty of ways to spend my time when I'm not working. I don't really identify as someone who is kind of a workaholic or yeah. you know can't drag themselves away from the computer or from work. Um, yeah. So yeah, just feeling more focused, efficient, purposeful when I am sitting down and working, less so kind of switching between tasks or having things kind of unnecessarily take too long, which, um, yeah, condenses the workday a little bit and then leaves me with time for rest and to do other things. Yeah. I like also how you had mentioned, um, in your sign up form that you can still like only sustain like so much creative or deep work in a day. And I think that's, that's such a good thing to, to already be aware of, because that's something that some of us <laughs> try to push through with all day 24 seven. And it's just not, it's just not feasible. Yeah, I think I have some self-judgment around that too because you know I definitely look at the ways other people work whether it's kind of VIP days or you know kind of watching someone what someone's output seems to be from Instagram and thinking oh my gosh they can do more than me or they can get so much done in this period of time um, and I know that everyone's brain and capacity and workflow is just different so I do try to stay in touch with my own and honor that there's only so much, you know, creative, deep focus I can give mm. to my business and to my clients every week. And at the same time, there are plenty of tasks in my business that don't really require creative, deep focus. Yeah. So maybe there are some ways too, I can kind of play with that um, when to do the deep stuff. And then when I can kind of fit some of those smaller things in around the edges. Yes. Okay. Well, you mentioned at the beginning that you can kind of have that feeling of like, well, where did the time go? And I'm wondering, do you have in a mind, have you noticed like activities or tasks? Like, where does the time go? Do you have a sense of, of, of what happens when you're not working on the things that you wanted to or meant to? I think I do. So I have kind of a tortured relationship with time tracking. I used to do it a lot to both to keep myself accountable, but also just to kind of help me um, refine how I scoped projects, because of course, we want to know how long things take us. And there's just something about having that tab open in my browser that is, you know, tracking every second that kind of makes me feel really rushed. So mm. time tracking is something that I've I've tried to kind of keep myself accountable and also has kind of um, felt too rigid. But when I'm not tracking time, I think I have difficulty transitioning between things often. So kind of getting ready to start something can take a while for me. I 
am always jealous of my husband because he can just sit down in his chair and immediately start working. But for me, it feels like, I don't know, my brain is kind of craving some more warm up time or like, let's, mm-hmm. you know, stare at the wall or distract ourselves a little bit before we really get into this. So I think um, those transitions probably eat away at some of that time or kind of feeling like I'm not really working. I'm not really not working. I'm sort of just here in a kind of buffering or in between state. Okay. Do you have an idea in mind of what, what would it look like if your week or your day was kind of that more compact or focused or purposeful? Do you have like an idea that you wanted to try or that you have in mind, but just hasn't happened yet? Hmm. Like with like any strategy that I've kind of thought about trying or more like what would the day feel like? Well, either if there have been strategies or in general, like a daily plan Mm. (laughs) or outline. I have experimented with time blocking in the Mm. past, which has had um, kind of mixed results. I think when I do it, it works. And when I lack the sort of boundary or discipline to stick to it, that's when, of course, it doesn't work because then I'm not blocking time anymore. Um, But something that comes to mind, too, is sort of the idea of boundaries and I kind of hate talking about boundaries because I think they're so uh, over discussed potentially in online business these days (laughs) but I also do think that has something to do with how we manage our time whether we allow interruptions or whether we allow ourselves to interrupt ourselves so I think there's probably something there to explore as well kind of the practice or the discipline of having an intention for a period of time and then really following through and holding that line Mm. there was one more thing we haven't talked about yet but you mentioned um, when we were dming about this call you mentioned that uh, because it's not about you feeling like you have too much to do that you feel like it's more like kind of mindset gremlingy stuff. So could you just describe to me, like, what makes you feel like this is like mindset-y stuff versus something else? Hmm. I think it's probably just because when I, you know, look at my to-do list or think about what I had intended to get done that day, it's not like, write an entire website on Wednesday or anything that really feels too big. I don't put 25 things to do on each Mm. day's to-do list. So I think that's what gives me the feeling that it's not that our task is not to kind of declutter my to-do list, but sort of, um, yeah, the to-do list is fine. It's the uh, efficiency of kind of getting in a flow and working through it. That makes Mm. me feel like mind gremlins are more the problem than the actual (laughs) amount of things I've written on the checklist. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I love, or thank you for that clarification because I was a bit like unsure of where are the mindset gremlins (laughs) in this situation. Um, I could rant about mindset stuff for 
for three hours and that's why I need to just make a separate episode. It's probably going to come out just before this one or right after this one. But I think there's just a really big focus on like mindset stuff. It's like a buzz thing in the online business world and has been for a few years. And it's kind of why I shy away from talking about it too much because I don't want to be lumped in with that, which is pretty funny because I'm a psychologist by training. So like mindset maybe should be some quote unquote should be something I talk about. But there are two things with mindset in the online business space that I kind of want to debunk. It's like not everything is about mindset. That's like one thing. Like it might just be structural things in your schedule or something like that. And it has nothing to do with mindset or maybe it's hormones. Like it can be so many other things than mindset that's making it hard to stick to stuff or follow through on plans. But also like mindset is talked about kind of so flippantly like you can just flip a switch and everything will change if you just believe this way when mindset is actually a pretty like deeply rooted thing like what we believe what we perceive about ourselves about other humans and about the world so I think in like your case it doesn't feel like a mindset thing to me just because like you're, I mean, I see you out there doing your thing. You're not like shying away from selling your offers or you, like there's nothing, nothing that's giving me sort of big, like you have to now work on your mindset alarm bells, right? Yeah. I think when I think about what my role is in these challenges I'm describing, I think it feels less like mindset and more like what you said could potentially be, you know, structures or habits or what practices are in my day. Mm -hmm. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, certainly things that I still could have some control over, but less so beliefs I have and more kind of what I'm doing or what I'm not doing or how I could set myself up better to do the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Well, um, how do you feel about us, like, if we threw around ideas about how you could, so I'm, I'm still wondering, like, if we come up with a kind of a schedule or some kind of structure for you, like, I'm wondering how we could do that so that it's also motivating like does it feel like if we come up with some kind of like focused purposeful kind of strategy for going through your week do you feel like like that would be great except I'll probably stick to it three days and then (laughs) like like that'll be it like does it feel like you want to talk more about creating a structure or does it feel like we need to like dig more into why sort of the time blocking, for example, hasn't worked before? You know, if I'm being really honest, I think it's probably the second one. I do think there probably Mm -hmm. is a little more digging to do in the why something that I started experimenting with, um, several months ago at this point when I started getting a little more analytical with, you know, you don't need to be at your computer at 7.30 at night, like what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Um, I started thinking about, I think a manageable schedule for me feels like it starts at 10 
I'm not an early person. I'm not a wake up and do my deep work <laughs> then kind of person. Yeah. Um, so I was experimenting with working from 10 to noon, then taking um, noon to two as kind of lunch, some time for movement. That often ends up being kind of an afternoon slump for me. So rather than trying to push through it, just embrace it and then come back and work like two to six ish. So that's kind of the schedule that to me feels like it could be doable, but I don't always um, stick to it or kind of work efficiently within it. So then my mind goes to like things like where, where does kind of the motivation to stick to these things fall off? And I'm wondering when you have scheduled client work, like, is that something that you find is easier to stick to than other types of tasks or are they both kind of similar? So I always hit deadlines (laughs) whenever Mm. I have something due to someone else or I have, you know, set a date or a time that I'm delivering something. I always stick to it Um, in the word of, or in the world of, Gretchen Rubin, I think I'm an obliger in that sense that those external deadlines are, you know, always something I can hit. Um, But within each day, I don't necessarily have a really solid plan of, okay, this hour you're working on marketing this, Mm -hmm. you know, for three hours this afternoon, you're working on this client's services page. Um, So those kind of limits or um, blocks during the day, I don't necessarily get that specific about which, you know, maybe is something that might help. Yeah. Um, And that was another thing I was thinking, like, is it when, when you wonder where the time went? Is it because you didn't have plans on what to work on specifically that day? Or, or is it that you had plans, but ignored them? (laughs) What a good question. (laughs) I feel like that could be the topic of an entire oh, podcast. Right. Let me <laughs> let me request that episode. Um, <laughs> hmm, is it because I didn't have plans or because I had plans and ignored them? It probably mostly is the first one. Sometimes yeah. is the second one. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, often I'll kind of loosely have a list of things that I intend to do that day, but don't necessarily make a plan of, okay, when and how will each of these things get done? Okay. So it kind of sounds like if you do have a plan, it's easier to follow through or am I getting it wrong? (laughs) No, I think that's probably right. Okay. But then there's probably some part of me that resists making the plan. Hmm. Okay, tell me more. I don't know. Resistance and kind of avoidance, I think, are such interesting things that I am, you know, learning about. I think I always will be <laughs> learning about. Um, you know, I think to some extent they're really natural, right? Like there For are sure. so many, so many types of instant gratification that we could all get in our lives that involve you know avoiding work or resisting it because we can distract ourselves with this or go have a snack or whatever it is um so yeah resistance kind of popped up for me a lot in that way not necessarily because I am dreading working on something or I am you know concerned that I can't do it often I think it just comes from that place of like 
needing to make that transition to getting into some kind of task and feeling, I don't know, some part of my brain go, no, I don't want to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's like a really real thing. I, I, I made this like Eisenhower matrix according to the brain, like gift thing where like the urgent, <laughs> the urgent stuff is or the urgent and important is like stuff that like we just go for but if it's important not urgent the the brain is like ah that looks effortful so let's just like do the easy Mm -hmm. like not urgent not important but super easy stuff yes that is definitely what my (laughs) brain does sometimes especially when it comes to kind of bigger picture things especially in my business or that are kind of more related to a bigger vision. Uh, You know, I think so many people can relate to doing the client work always and then kind of having projects for our own business that kind of sit on the back burner, not because they're not important to us, but because they fall into that important but not urgent category, which then feels like, oh, that's going to be hard. I should, you know, check something easy off my list instead. Yeah, there was actually something I read just yesterday. Oh, I'm going to need to look this up for the show notes, who it was who said this. But there was somebody who talked about how, like, if you can, basically, like, the stuff that's urgent, it's necessary to do until it becomes urgent. So if you can have a plan for when you take care of your necessary stuff, they don't have the time like they don't they don't become urgent which then makes it easier to also do the stuff you just want to do and i thought that that was a really like good way to put it like if we make a plan for the things that are urgent let's say the client work because that's deadline stuff it's not urgent until it's like closer to the deadline before that it's like necessary work same with like doing our taxes or whatever like these things that you really just can't ignore as long as you'd like to (laughs) so that might be something to put um like a little thought to put a pin in like how to make the do the necessary stuff so that things don't end up becoming urgent enough that they sort of take priority from the stuff we want to do. And that thought, I think that's such a good thought. And what it then kind of prompts for me is, okay, you probably need a structure or a system (laughs) or a practice for that, right? So that Mm. um, I have some kind of built-in workflow with myself that as you say you know prevents those things from getting to the urgent stage which is kind of cool so I really like this this like daily outline that you mentioned that you have the two hours in the morning and then you take the two hours for your like afternoon slump that is also me like the afternoon is a struggle (laughs) it's bad but and then like coming back in the afternoon. So is there like out of the morning chunk of time and the afternoon chunk of time is one of them more like energetically easier to get into a flow or to do deep work for you? Deep work is easier for me in the late afternoon, which is really inconvenient for my life and my you know family schedule. But I feel like my brain turns on at four. And that's Mm -hmm. when I'm here doing deep 
you know, creative client work. So often yeah. I end up using the morning um, to do things like catch up on email, work on different marketing tasks, um, something that doesn't really require as much of a, a flow state or deep focus. Okay. Because, yeah, that was something I was going to suggest because we're often told that like we should do our deep focused work first. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of similar, except for me, like when I really get into a flow would be like 9pm, that would be my like ideal time, which is not ideal when you <laughs> live with someone. Who... I know we've talked about that before, <laughs> as we've been messaging too. like, oh, yeah. our brains work at night, but that it doesn't really align with sort of a typical schedule. Yeah, but my like next best time for doing focus work is the morning. So I try to do it that way. Like I have the morning blocked off for that stuff. And then the afternoon is more for like the little things that I want to check off and catch up and emails and these kinds of things. It's not always that clear cut, but but that is what I aim for. And it sounds like for you, it is the other way around. So I'm wondering, because you talked about the deep work, the creative stuff and the client work being in the afternoon, is there like the other types of things that you want to do, like kind of working on your business versus working on client work? Does that also like require your kind of deep focus mode or is that stuff you could do when you're, you don't need to get into that kind of flow necessarily? That's a good question. So I typically reserve Mondays to work on the business, work on, you know, writing emails to my email community, creating posts for Instagram, that kind of thing. Um, and on those days, I definitely find myself choosing more of the um, specific, straightforward tasks that feel like I can really cross them off a list, like mm. write this week's email create two posts that, you know, I'm interested in, as opposed to working on the um, kind of bigger picture stuff, the stuff that's more related to my vision, or the stuff that, you know, would really kind of be a focus for an entire quarter, even an entire year, rather than just, you know, that one Monday. Um, mm -hmm. So that is definitely something I have noticed about myself that the, again, the sort of like, um, littler tasks like we were just talking about in that matrix get mm -hmm. checked off in the way that the important but not urgent um, work tends to kind of languish a little bit yeah and it it makes sense because because like like we talked about at the beginning is that we only have so much capacity for deep work and focus in a day so I'm wondering like would it would it make sense for you to potentially maybe like block off a week every quarter to just focus your deep focus, focus your deep focus time? This is just getting like really strange. But anyway, <laughs> to set aside a week for those kinds of big picture updates and projects so that like your deep focus, your deep focus isn't used up by just client work. I do think that sounds like a smart strategy to try. Um, I was just talking to one of my copywriter friends actually who does something similar and I had started mm -hmm. thinking, wow, that 
might be an interesting thing to play with as opposed to breaking it down kind of day by day. Like you have one day each week to make progress on this type Mm -hmm. of thing Um, instead to kind of batch that progress over the course of a week and get to stay focused with it for longer that definitely sounds like it could be something interesting to try not to kind of um deplete my capacity (laughs) by smushing everything into one week but by getting to stay with something a little bit longer yeah and that's and that's really something that you only find out through experimenting like it might be that let's say doing a deep work Friday, but for the business versus for clients could be helpful. But if like, I know for me, if I feel like that one chunk of time isn't enough to finish a thing, and then like, I have to wait a week until I get to continue on it. Like that's kind of frustrating and it can make me already decide to do something else. So (laughs) it might be that like, dedicating a full week or like even three days straight or something could be more helpful. Yeah, that really reminds me of this trait I've really noticed in myself that, um, you know, so many of us have big picture plans. There are things we want to accomplish in our business. There are, you know, new offers we want to launch or freebies we want to create or whatever it is. And sometimes I do get kind of discouraged thinking, oh, here's something I am excited to move forward on. And yet, if I really think about it, you know, this might take me eight weeks, 12 weeks to, you know, really make happen if I'm working on it kind of in these small doses. But it's a really interesting idea to think about, oh, I could actually make that happen um, faster. Not that faster is always the goal. And certainly not that rushing is the goal. But if I um, give myself a more concentrated amount of time, like a week, then I'm thinking, oh, look at what I could really make happen in a week instead of, oh, this thing I'm excited about is going to take me 12 weeks to pull off. Like, oh, now that feels hard. Right. Because then, then I don't know if this would kind of ease some of that feeling of like, where did the time go? I didn't make progress on like the new freebie or whatever. Cause like you've dedicated a time for it. You're like, but there's a week there in April when I'm gonna take care of all that stuff. And I I call this like my CEO week. I have a week, a quarter where I go through a certain, like certain things in my business. And if I have stuff like, oh, I want to update the email sequence or whatever, I'm like, okay, CEO Jenna can take care of that during that week. I mean, sometimes I'm too excited and I just do it because it might just take two minutes to update a little thing somewhere. But to do a more like bigger overhaul thing, it's really nice to have a week dedicated to it where I don't worry about like, but what if that client and what if and what if it's like, no, it's blocked off. Yeah, it's really interesting to hear you share that because it makes me realize that I think I have a tendency of thinking, um, maybe sort of not wanting to overwhelm myself or thinking that things will be easier to work on in smaller doses or in smaller pieces. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think that's a lot of the advice that we get too. You know, we certainly hear, take your goal and break it down into, you know, a hundred (laughs) mini steps. But hearing you say, okay, that's a thing that CEO Jenna can handle, you know, (laughs) this, this much time from now. 
um, yeah, there does seem to me to be a real benefit to um, kind of compartmentalizing that a little bit and saying, there's a dedicated time for you to deal with that later. Stay yeah. with what you are focused on now. Yeah. And you can even create like a, I don't know what you're going to call it, but let's say if it was the CEO week, like then you can have a CEO week list somewhere fairly close to you so that anytime something pops up, you're like, I'm going to put it over there. Mm-hmm. And then with time, you're going to see like, <laughs> did CEO you get like too much to do for that week or like what happened? But I like what you said about that message of like, we should break things into smaller parts and not overwhelm ourselves. And, and that can still be true, like for when you actually work on the stuff, like you can still have it broken down into smaller pieces. So it's not just like update website or whatever it might be. But yeah, spoiler alert, everyone out there, anytime <laughs> you're thinking update website is one task, take it from a copywriter. It is not just one thing. <laughs> yes. I'm sure all my web designers out there will agree with me too. But yeah, perfect example. That yeah. is absolutely the kind of thing that needs to be broken down. But I absolutely hear you. The things that I would want to work on during that week, I would need to think of them in smaller steps and smaller mm. pieces, but they could still be smaller pieces that all occur during this more concentrated period of time so that I stop losing momentum each week that I have to work on a little piece. And now that I've just said that, there is another kind of thought to stash away or try on for (laughs) size too, because I think, I think especially for me, momentum feels like a really powerful thing. When I'm struggling with those transitions, I think I feel kind of a complete lack of momentum, like, oh, starting this thing is going to be so hard. But once I'm in it, you know, it feels much less difficult when you're over that kind of initial hurdle of resistance. Now you think, oh, I'm in it. I'm doing it. I've got momentum. This isn't so hard. (laughs) Awesome. And like this could, like this is something you can play around with however much you want. You could even have a week a month that's like dedicated to, I don't know, all the like business stuff and then have three weeks of just client work or Mm. like there's a lot of different ways you could play with this stuff um but it does sound like or because you do really creative one-on-one work it probably yeah I would not recommend to like plan to have just like three weeks full-on client work and nothing else like I still love your breakdown of having like sort of the catch-up stuff the smaller tasks in the morning and then getting into the client stuff in the afternoon. Mm. Um, I'm wondering, does this now feel like it'll help you with the transitions if you have it more like compartmentalized? Like if it's just the client work stuff on particular afternoons and then the more business update stuff, the bigger projects that aren't related to client work, if they're in their own compartment. I do. I think, you know, and this is definitely wisdom I've heard before from psychologists like you <laughs> about, you know, the the way that kind of switching tasks can sort of deplete our energy or, or yeah. make things harder. Um, so yeah, I think this conversation is definitely reminding me that when you can compartmentalize in those different ways and you know, like we talked about, make 
something else, future use problem at, or future <laughs> use, not even problem, but just kind of thing to work on at a dedicated Treat. period of time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even better. Um, <laughs> then that kind of makes the transition easier because it's not, you know, toggling back and forth between my inbox and writing and, oh, here's this other thing that's distracting me and maybe I should Google this. And then, you know, the whole thing falls apart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And now, like, I remember we talked about like the needing to buffer or warm up. And now that we're talking about like the transitions and I'm thinking also like, how would it be if you do, because like we can't always avoid, like sometimes even if we try our best to schedule different types of tasks on different days and this kind of thing, we can't, we can't always avoid like things sort of clashing. And I'm wondering if, if there's a way, like if you could create some kind of small, like, I don't know, like a buffering or transition ritual, like something you do so that it's not just now I'm writing emails and now I got to go. I don't even know what would be like a non-writing task right now. Just writing tasks come to mind. <laughs> I but, do. I do a lot of writing. Spoiler <laughs> alert. That is a lot of what I do. But yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. So I'm wondering if there's something like just like a little thing you could do in the middle to kind of mark for your brain that we're done with this now. And like we're going to take like whatever it is like it could be something that is just like five minutes long that would mark that this is now done with and like the brain can kind of settle on that and then kind of getting that starting a fresh feeling versus hopping from task to task if it would feel like like coming to it again Mm. I do think some kind of ritual or practice that kind of define some time and says, okay, we're moving on. It's time to get going would be helpful because I think I struggle with transitions most when I have, you know, gotten up and left my work because I'm getting some water or, you know, having lunch or something. I think the moment I come back to my computer, back to my office, back to the work, that's when I feel sort of that the most of that buffering sensation or sort of the most of that resistance Mm. but some kind of um practice that basically says like okay that break is over you're Mm. here now be here now get into this task now would probably help to um yeah cut off some of that time that my brain is still loading (laughs) without Mm. actually getting anything done And like one thing that I do want to say here is that like it is natural. It it is natural that it takes time for us to switch between things. So I'm not I'm not saying like if you need a minute, it's okay. But it's it sounds like it's maybe more than that, or that it is like a source of frustration. And in that case, something like this could be helpful. Yeah, I'm not like I said, I'm, I'm not into sort of like pushing through things or rushing through things. I think even as I think about structure, I'm always still trying to give myself some flexibility or wiggle room to just kind of honor where I am because, you know, we are not machines. (laughs) We feel different day to day, you know, we have different energy levels, whatnot. Um, So yeah, there definitely is a, you know, gentleness that I would want to bring into the structure no matter what. But I think 
I could somehow be stronger in kind of leading myself through that moment and saying, hey, it's natural that, <laughs> you know, this this takes a while, but let's get going. It's going to be better once you just get into it. Yeah. I wonder if it would even help to just go like, wow, this is hard to get back in. Like to to like acknowledge it versus be like, why is it so hard for me? <laughs> you know, mm. or like, or not even me, but like, why do you struggle <laughs> like talking to ourselves? You know? Yeah. I think there's a lot of power in kind of naming what's going on. And mm -hmm. yet I think that is not usually kind of where my brain goes first. Cause often it's, yeah. you know, so much more habitual to think like, Oh, get moving rather than <laughs> yourself. Yeah. This is a little tricky you know, I'm with you. Let's keep going. It's so easy to yeah. kind of fall into that um, lecturing yourself or sort of doing the should thing yeah. rather than kind of really just coaching yourself through it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of similar, like how we feel that like everyone else is getting stuff done or nobody else struggles this much between tasks. I think it's going to be pretty similar to like, there's been research into um, how people feel about the amount of rest that they're getting like I think it was about was it about 60% of people feel like they're not rested enough they're pretty tired and exhausted but they feel like 80% feel like I like nobody else is as tired or like others aren't like this and it's like if 80% of people feel like like I must be worse than the average. It means most of us think that we're doing worse than like everybody else. When when in reality, like most people are struggling a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really powerful statistic because it proves, yeah, we all kind of think we're alone in this or that, you know, we're sort of worse than someone else. And it's easy to feel yeah. that way when we can kind of feel like we're looking at each other's lives, especially through social media, comparing yourself to other business owners, etc. We see what people are doing, not what they're not doing. Yeah. Um, and then we feel like I must be the only one who's not not doing what I need to do. Um, yeah. So yeah, I know I'm in good company <laughs> there. Okay, so I'm I'm really excited. I'm I'm like looking at my little sketch of your schedule and I'm thinking like if you have because you mentioned that you want to have the wiggle room and the gentleness and that you kind of have that resistance towards plan. So I'm wondering, is it like structure enough for you to have that the 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. time is like the catch up, smaller tasks, etc. stuff and the afternoon is for deep work focus like the client stuff except for your like CEO week or whatever you end up calling it like does it feel like that has enough wiggle room and gentleness without it being like full-on time blocked per like specific task I think so I feel excited about that because I don't think it will give me the feeling like I'm racing against the clock which sometimes yeah. the really specific time tracking or time blocking gives me, but it gives me, you know, those guidelines to kind of say, okay, in the morning, here's where your brain needs to be in the afternoon. Here's where your brain needs to be. If you've got some bigger picture stuff, you know, schedule that for a couple weeks. I think of that feels like a happy medium of kind of structure and flexibility. Now, the mm -hmm. only X factor we haven't talked about that I'm realizing <laughs> is when I schedule, you know, discovery calls, catch up calls, that kind of thing. So I'll have to figure out uh, where those belong in 
the workflow. Yeah. I don't know if it's similar to you, but for me, having calls almost doesn't matter what time of the day it is. Like, even if it's not my sort of creative, deep focus time, when there's another human being in front of me and I get to do like the problem solving I really love doing, it doesn't matter if it's like 3 a.m. I'm like, let's do this. Not that I do calls at 3 a.m., but you know. (laughs) Yeah. And with calls, I mean, I work, so I'm on the East Coast. I work with clients Mm -hmm. on the West Coast. So I need to be available, um, you know, kind of later in the afternoon for them because I'm never going to make someone in California get on a call with me at 6 (laughs) a.m. And then I also work with lots of clients in Europe, which means, you know, I need to be available earlier for them too. So it's never felt right to me to have kind of a a rigid call schedule. I know some people will do, you know, I'm only available once one week a month for calls or I'm only available on, you know, Tuesday mornings. And that I just don't think would work for my business. But, um, there's probably yeah. a little bit more structure I can create around those too. So they um, at least maybe pop up on kind of a, a little bit more of a regular basis than all over the place in my schedule. Yeah, you could have them be specific days of the week versus like giving the option of like every possible day. So that already helps you kind of future cast or future plan your work. Mm-hmm. You could even have like, I don't know, like every other week is the Europe friendly calls and every other week is the US friendly calls. Yeah. That might be something. This also makes me realize that I have, I currently schedule my call days for Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays, which is probably exactly the opposite of what it should be. If I think (laughs) of those days of the, of the week in the middle of the week, as really that kind of deep work time. Mm -hmm. Um, this is making me realize, you know, maybe my call days need to be more like Mondays and Fridays so that I'm not constantly interrupting myself in the middle of that flow state with, um, you know, new potential clients and, you know, really bringing all of that presence to their call, taking in lots of new information, creating a proposal for them, and then realizing, okay, now I have to kind of backtrack into my client work that I was doing before. So maybe future Teresa needs to make some changes to a call schedule that might actually be the exact reverse of what it should be (laughs) well like if we're thinking mondays and fridays then it might make sense for mondays to have a europe friendly time and fridays to have a u.s friendly time because fridays like if you try to do a europe friendly one it's still there friday night and it's you know right i mean much as I would love to think that people want to hang out at home and, and <laughs> talk with me on Friday nights, they probably have plans. So yeah, there there's definitely more thinking I could do there with kind of time zones and um, finding a happy medium of, you know, not being overly rigid, but also, mm, yeah, you know, making it kind of work for me as well. Yeah. And that's, of course, like something like you can always make exceptions. Like Mm -hmm. I usually schedule calls Tuesdays and Wednesdays, but then I had somebody uh, last week who just like, because of kid care stuff, it just didn't work. And we had to do, I had to do quote unquote a Thursday. I don't mind making that Mm -hmm, exception. mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just not available always. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that I think, you know, is important to remind myself and for all of us to remind ourselves that, you know, we can make these, decisions. If we have spots open in our calendar and people take them and it's an inconvenient time for us, well, that's kind of on us for making that time available. So I know what you mean, kind of setting ourselves up for success 
even yeah. even when it comes to how we set up our calendar or appointments. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought up the X factor because I, <laughs> I I didn't even realize that it didn't come up yet. The client yeah. call stuff. <laughs> yeah, I feel really excited now about this um, CEO week in the future. And I also feel like I'm about to log into HoneyBook and totally change my <laughs> call schedule. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, I was just going through my notes to see if there was anything else that we kind of haven't talked about yet that might be good to consider. And you had you talked about boundaries and like interruptions or distractions. Do you feel like these are things that we that will kind of be covered now with the stuff we talked about? Or are these something that you want to troubleshoot? I think so many of those distractions or interruptions are just kind of, you know, a symptom of how we live now. Our email is always open in a certain tab. If our phone's on <laughs> our desk and, you know, it makes a noise, we'll look at it. Yeah. Um, and so I don't necessarily think there's much troubleshooting to do there as much as it's just kind of a reminder that those are all things I can control. You know, mm. I can choose to not look at my email at a certain time, or there's certainly plenty of apps that can help us all with this. I can choose to not look at my phone or, you know, block access to it, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I feel like maybe there's not too much to explore there as much as just a reminder that there are ways we can set ourselves up for greater focus that really aren't that hard that just take a minute yeah but it is it's that dang brain that wants instant gratification mm -hmm. that's why it's also so nice in the mornings to take care of all the little things because you get to check off a lot of boxes and and the big stuff like we don't get to check it off <laughs> that easy yeah that is a great point kind of giving myself the reward of um checking off the boxes in the morning, you know, I'm not above writing something on my to-do list that I've already done just so I can check it off. So, Guilty. Guilty absolutely. as <laughs> So the morning, yeah, the morning can kind of be an opportunity to sort of build up uh, some of those wins and then build some more momentum into the afternoon too. Mm. Um, do you ever find in the afternoon when you're in your deep work mode, do you get easily distracted when you're doing that or or are you good there I think that tends to be a less distracting time for me um I could record an entire episode on how <laughs> the walking pad that I've got has totally transformed my focus while writing um But yeah, I think kind of when I get into a flow, it's a little bit easier to stay there. You know, from time to time, I'll have a thought about something and, you know, open a different tab and go down mm. a rabbit hole for a little bit. But I think the hardest part is getting into it. Once I'm in it, yeah. it's not that hard to stay there. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. So is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that you feel like you'd want us to address? Hmm. We've talked about the structure and some boundaries, time blocking, but not really time blocking, doing a CEO week. I think we covered most of it. I feel pretty excited to make some of these changes and experiment. I think, you know, for example, I've been kind of taking it for granted that Monday is my CEO day. And it's a nice reminder that I have the freedom to switch that up and try something different. 
So, um, yeah, I'm excited to do that for sure. Okay, cool. Well, before we hop off, I would just love to hear what are like your next steps. So what are like a couple of things that you're going to implement as soon as possible? Well, I already said that I'm going to log into HoneyBook and change my call (laughs) schedule. So that's definitely one of them. I think um, it feels good to take another look at my calendar and really be thinking, okay, now with, with an eye towards doing the small stuff in the morning and the deeper stuff in the afternoon, how can I um, kind of revise my expectations accordingly of my to-do list? And I think I'll schedule a CEO week in April. That is soon. Yeah. I'm glad. And I, and like, as you're thinking about the stuff, you know, the call schedule, the like structure of your work days and, and the CEO week, I just want to remind you, but kind of also just a reminder to the listener, like nothing is something we have to stick to forever. Mm-hmm. Because that's sometimes I feel like our brains go like, oh, is this really something like, do I want to do this forever? Is this going to work? And it's like, we, we got to test it out. Like, we don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the pressure of feeling like I have to get this right. You know, I have to figure yes. out a schedule that works, but it's such a great reminder. We can try it. We can test it. It can work for a season of life. It doesn't have to be forever. Yeah. And for a long time, I struggled with just like feeling like, okay, I have a few really like solid weeks. It's going well. And then I have a week where everything goes down the crapper. And then I kind of gave up on it. And then at some point I realized, oh, like it's hormonal. It's like every four weeks. I just have a week where I want to give up on everything or when I don't want to do any of the things like, oh, I can account for that. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, a week off or a weird day or a busy season, you know, it can kind of come and go and yeah, we don't have to <laughs> throw it all in the dumpster and then set it on fire. Yeah. And at some point, like something could change. Maybe suddenly in summertime, suddenly you have like deep work mornings. Like I'm not saying you necessarily, but like things might happen with the seasons and then we're trying so hard to stick to what used to work that we don't let go of it to like make space for what feels better now. Yes. I find for me, I definitely am influenced by the seasons a lot Mm. in my work, in my life, how much daylight there is. I'm in new England, so it's really cold in the winter. (laughs) And then we have these beautiful long summer days and um, yeah, trying to stick to the same routines or the same schedule regardless of what's happening in my environment really doesn't work for me. So that's a good reminder too. It can kind of flow with what's happening. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm so glad that you hopped on with me, that you hopped on a consult, but that you also were open to share this conversation on the podcast. This was really fun for me. (laughs) Good. I'm glad for me too. I'm always interested in of learning more about how I work and how all of our brains work and it's you know become so clear to me over the years that I've had my business that I think you know running a business is the ultimate kind of self-development exercise there's no way to do it without getting to know all your stuff a little better (laughs) up close and personal so yeah I really appreciate getting to learn from you too and troubleshoot some of these things that I know I'm not alone in. You know, that's such a good point because 
that's the thing. When we're in a regular job, there's someone else that we're accountable to like all the time. So it makes sense that like kind of everything is like itching the urgent scratch and we feel like we just got to do the things because otherwise we're in trouble and we don't have that kind of same thing in business. There might be like that, like if we don't do X, Y, Z, we don't make money, but a lot of our tasks aren't directly tied to money that way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Which is where that self-leadership really comes in (laughs) and becomes even more important to get to know our own brains because we don't have someone else telling us what to do. (laughs) So I'm grateful for people like you helping me uh, figure it all out a little bit better. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else that comes to mind before we hop off for you? I think we're good. I'm excited to report back about these things I'm trying and uh, we'll see how it goes. Yes, please do. Keep me updated. I'm excited to hear how it goes. Amazing. Will do. Thank you so much. All Uh, right. Talk to you soon. Thank you. We'll talk soon. All right. I hope that this episode gave you a good idea of what it might look like to hop on a call with me if you also find it challenging to stay focused or to follow through on your work. Because you're not Teresa, your solutions might look a little bit or a lot different because there are just so many factors that can be at play when we don't do the work that we'd want to do. It might have to do with like our structure, our routines, our schedules, things like that. It might have to do with your capacity overall, or it might have to do with just how well the way you operate in your business or how your business is built matches who you are as a person. If you'd like to make the most out of the time you've got available for your business so that you can then spend time away from the business with a calmer mind, I would love to support you too. Together, we can identify ways for you to spend your work time more effectively. You're probably also just a few simple shifts away and we can team up through a consult to figure that out. You can find out more at jennahelberg.com slash services. Thank you so much for spending your valuable time with me and Teresa, and I hope that I get to chat with you soon. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you want support with productivity and balance as a business owner, you can find details about how we can team up at jennahelberg.com. And I'm always happy to answer questions or comments through email or in my Instagram DMs. I hope that we get to chat soon.